Today's episode is brought to you by the Associates Group, affiliated with LPL Financial and located in Kenilworth, Illinois. If you're interested in holistic financial advisors and investment counselors, head to 600 Green Bay Road. There you'll find some of the most trusted folks in the biz, Alan Nadalna and Suzanne Averill. Great friends to the project and great people. You can find them online at associatesgroupinc.com or reach them by email, anadalna at associatesgroupinc.com and S-U-Z-A-V-E-R-I-L-L at associatesgroupinc.com. We don't have Carrie's email on hand, but Alex, would you agree that she makes some of the best cookies on the North Shore? Absolutely. Honestly, though, if a good business is measured by results and relationships, you're not going to find better people than Alan and Suzanne. For more information, check out associatesgroupinc.com. Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. Today we bring you a Chicago icon, NFL All-Pro turned championship coach Mike Ditka. You might know him from his trademark mustache and aviator shades. Drafted fifth overall by George Hallis in 1961, Mike was a punishing blocker and prolific pass catcher. After 58 receptions and 12 touchdowns, he earned NFL Rookie of the Year honors. After 5,812 yards and 43 touchdowns, he was inducted into the Hall of Fame. He then spent 26 years coaching, most notably from the Bears. He coached in Chicago from 1982 to 92, posted a 106-62 and 62 record, and brought Chicago, a blue-collar football city, its first Super Bowl championship. We met Mike on the second floor of his namesake restaurant, Ditka's, where you can find on the menu things like pot roast nachos and the fridge burger. Friends of Mike refer to his more intense years, where they'd show up for a round of golf and he was still sweaty from having just run the course. He's a little slower now, all gray, but full of amazing stories about how he turned our childhood heroes like Walter Payton, Mike Singletary, Jim McMahon, and Gary Fensick into Super Bowl champions. You'll notice some thumping in the audio during our conversation. That's from Mike's fist, emphasizing his points on the table. You won't be able to see his eyes begin to water, but you might notice the catch in his throat when he talks about his old friend, Walter Payton. We had a great time hanging out with the man, the myth, the legend, the coach, Mike Ditka. One of the things that we're curious about, uh, we'd, we'd like to know a little bit about you as a player. I think we already know, but uh, a little bit about how you as a player, uh, how, how your, your playing days affected your coaching days, specifically your style, your level of expectation. You know, you had a very, your intimacy with the game is unlike most, I would say. Well, you know, the, the, the most important people in your life, uh, my parents and my coaches. Yeah. I've had a, I had a great high school coach. At, uh, I was a skinny little kid, and he encouraged me to stay with football. I was I played a lot of baseball, and he, he said, stick with it, you'll get bigger. And I did. I got bigger the next year, started on a state championship team in Pennsylvania. So, 55, is that right? Uh, 1955. Yeah. Right. Uh, we beat uh, Mount Lebanon, which was the, they were all the rich kids, and we were all the poor kids. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, Carl Ashman was a, was a great man. I mean, whatever he saw, he saw, and... Uh, and he cultivated it. And then, you know, I went to Pitt. I've had good coaches at Pitt. I mean, uh, Ernie Hepperly, uh, John Michael Olson. But when I got to the Bears, you know, then I met Hallis. And uh, everything was, uh, it was different. I mean, uh, you know, in college, I was kind of a, more of a defensive uh, right. 
player than I was an offensive player. And I came to the Bears and I became an offensive player. I had not, you know, no one had a clue. I didn't have a clue. The Bears, I don't think, had a clue. But I had a quarterback who liked to throw the ball and he liked to throw it to me because he liked me. Yeah. So, caught a lot of passes. And there you go. To be specific, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think you caught 12 passes as a senior in college. 12 touchdown passes as a rookie in the NFL. You hit it right on the button. That's there it. That's right. And uh, Bill Wade, uh, he, he was my quarterback, and uh, Rudy Bukic, and, and those guys, uh, they loved to throw the ball. We had great running. We had Willie Gallimore. Uh, but uh, we weren't a very good team. We got better. We won the championship in 1963. Right. And uh, it was, uh, you know, my 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 career with the Bears was pretty pretty special to me because it really was my my whole foundation of football. Right. Um, how do you think your your life, you said you were from the poor side of town essentially, uh, or, or at least uh, on the, in the state championship game, but definitely the, the working side of town. We didn't, you know, my life was a great city, don't get me yeah. wrong. I, uh, I, uh, I'm from Ellicott. Ellicott was a steel mill town, the mm -hmm. community, and I mean, it's a community of about 30,000 people. In, 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 in the 40s and 50s, it was really a booming community. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was based on the steel industry. It's a pretty depressed town at this time because the mill wall closed down. All that happened around the Pittsburgh area. So, But I wouldn't trade being raised in Ellicott or Pennsylvania for anything. I mean, sure. I mean cause the values I learned. Uh, not only from my parents, but from my coaches and from my teachers, uh, they were pretty special. I mean, you know, we didn't have anything, but we really didn't need anything. We had a family, we had a, a chance to get an education, we had a chance to play sports. I mean, I played every sport there was, not 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 but football real good, but I played basketball yeah. in college, I played foot, baseball in college, so uh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what we're really interested in, is how do the values that you pick up uh, through sports lead into whatever you do as a player? And you mentioned everything was earned. Nothing was given. There's plenty of opportunity, but what you got was earned. Yeah, we, 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 we got a false sense of what's going on in the world today. You, yeah. you, you deserve what you get, what you work for. Uh, I think that's the most important thing I learned. I think uh, you know, I appreciated everything. I appreciate all the encouragement and all the help I got from my coaches. But eventually, you've got to go out and do it. Right. You know, nobody can do it but you. And, and if, they, if somebody else does it for you, you'll never have the satisfaction or know the satisfaction of doing it mm -hmm. and being a winner or winning a championship and things like that. And uh, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, anything, you're gonna go to school, try to be the best student, mm -hmm. try to be the best athlete. I mean, work, set your goals high in life. You set your goals low, then it's easy to reach them and you accomplish nothing. Right, right. So that, I mean, that, that's what I really felt uh, was important to me. I like I said, I had. Uh, Carl Ashman at high school, had uh, Coach uh, Hallis with the Bears, then I got uh, traded to, uh, eventually I got traded to Dallas and I had Coach Landry. So I had three magnificent role models yeah. in my life as coaches and people. And people too, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's no question, and this has been said over and over, but a, a team sort of takes on the identity of their coach, right, to, to some uh, point or other. And I think your uh, approach to the game as a player is certainly reflected in your time as a coach. But how much did uh, Coach Hallis and Coach Landry, how much did they influence your interaction with players, the way you approach the game from a coaching well, standpoint? Well, I think Coach Hallis a lot, and Coach Landry even more, to the sense that uh, because then it became understanding the game of football mm -hmm. from an offensive and a defensive right. point of view where you if you if you go if you understand defense you can attack it. If you don't understand it, you're not gonna be able to attack it. 
Uh, right, and, and and that's what I learned from Coach Landry. I mean, he was a defensive coach, and yet he he really did everything for us offensively in the meeting when I was an offensive coach there. And he would he would look at everything from a defense. What bothers the defense? Mm -hmm. That's what you got to do on offense. Sure, that's how you're going to beat them. If something bothers them, they're going to have a problem covering it or or defending it. So you know, I learned that from him. Coach Hallis, I think, was more basics. Was, you know, we were yeah. just basic. We were basic football. 1963, we were good, but we were basic. Mm -hmm. We ran the football. You know, we played great, great defense and we ran the football. Our special teams are good. You know, and that doesn't change today. I know when people say, well, it's not, yeah, it's important. Mm -hmm. If you don't have good special teams, you can't have a good football. Oh, no question. Yeah. Field position, everything is dictated by it. And the same thing today. You know, I understand the game has changed. They spread out more. You throw the ball more. But I, when I... I look at the teams that have balance and can run the football. To me, they're going to be the best teams. Yeah, there's no question. I don't know if this is a very well-known fact, but when you guys won back in the 80s, um, and again, correct me if my stats are wrong, but the Bears' offense led the league in time of possession, first down, a handful of other statistics as well, right? Our defense was, led the, was the best defense in the league. And Maybe ever, the league right. In time of possession, first downs, and so we kept them off the field, right? You know, so that that was part of it. But uh, again, it wasn't offense. It, it was just that we were a good team, right? And, That's and the we thing, ran good. For sure. We had great special teams. Uh, people, we could, we could return punts. We could return kicks. So, yeah, I mean, good what, what Coach Hallis? Yeah, Bobby Joe Green was our, our punter. I mean that uh, kicker. I'm trying to think who the kicker was at that time. We went through a couple kickers, but uh, but anyways. Uh, Hallis kind of made it that way. Mm -hmm. He wanted it that way. You know, he just wanted the whole package. He didn't want to be just one or the other. Right. You know, I, I go back to when I came to him, and I'm thinking they weren't very good. In 1960, uh, 1959 or 60, mm -hmm. and we got we got real good, and we got better in 61, 62. We won the championship in 63. But he had all those old coaches, Luke Johnson, you know, uh, Patty Driscoll. Those guys have been around forever. Yeah. But it was basic football. You block, you tackle, you execute, you beat the other guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's an often overlooked thing. We we frequently look at like what's the MVP of an operation? What's the minimum viable product of an operation? I think maybe in football more than many sports, it's line up against across from the guy and beat that guy routinely, whether it's blocking, if, tackling. If, if you win the individual do. battles, the line of scrimmage, you're yeah. going to win the game. Absolutely. There's no question. And I think it's also important to note that when you as a player won that championship, that was in the storied area of, uh, that was when the Packers were probably at their peak, the Colts were, I mean, it, 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 was, it was, right. was. We, we squeezed there in 63, uh, Packers had just out in, in uh, 61 and 2, we got it in 63, then the Colts came alive with Unitas and mm -hmm. that group, and so uh, it, it was a pretty good time for football. I mean, you know, if you beat the Lombardi Packers, you did something special. Oh, and we yeah. <laughs> I would say so. How um, how involved in coaching are you now? And whether that be, and I say coaching, the greatest experience I can meet, like mentorship, um, just cultivating that mentality in the next generation and young people. Well, I, I'm not involved in coaching anymore. I mean, my, my time has come and gone. Yeah. Uh, for one thing, I'm probably too old-fashioned. I mean, I think that, you know, coaches today probably use different philosophies than I use that. Yeah. I believe if you were tougher than the other guy, you beat him. And yep. that's what I you were in better shape than you outlasted him. Things like that. I mean, it's not too hard to figure out to me. Uh, if I, if you're, I'm fighting you and you hit me hard and I hit you, chances are you're going to win. Right, right. <laughs> so, that's I mean, a fair, yeah. 
we call, we call it the, the yeah. fourth and one model, right? Mm -hmm. if, um, that, those are the defining moments of the game, and if, and if team A is stronger than team B, tougher, more physical. You know, the will, the will to win, the will to, to execute, the will to do good, I mean, all that comes into it. But yeah. then again, we played in an era where that was probably more important, but today it's they're bigger, faster, stronger. Right. The athletes today are unbelievable compared to when we played. Sure. And that's all I can tell you, they're unbelievable. Yeah. Whereas maybe we had five or six guys or ten guys in the league that could do these things. Right. They, they have a, they have 250 guys that I know, do it's unbelievable. now. Well, I remember even as a kid, when the fridge first came into the league, oh, yeah. people were astounded oh. by the fact that there was a 300-plus guy that could do some of these things. Well, Fridge was, uh, he was an exceptional, he was, yeah. uh, he was an over, he got overweight, you know, mm -hmm. and when he, when he first came in the league, he wasn't too bad, I had him, uh, then he, he gained a lot of weight, but you know, this guy could dunk a basketball. Really? I mean, he could do a lot yeah. of things. I mean, he was an athlete, he was more than, he, you know, he, he now, take the 40-yard dash is what they qualify everybody's speed by, he wasn't a 40-yard dash, right. but I tell you what, he could run the first 10 yards with anybody. Oh, right. So, I mean, and, and that's all you need when you're a lineman. Right. Explosive. Absolutely. Can you do? Can you tell me a little bit? I was actually coached by Steve McMichael. I played for the Chicago Slaughter for a short yeah. time in North football. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Coach McMichael? Because yeah. he has a lot of good and exciting things to say about you. Coach Mc, uh, uh, Steve, it was interesting. You know, we had, uh, when I came there, they had uh, Singletary and they had uh, Hampton and... Uh, they had they had really had a lot of good guys. When they've been very authentic, and, and uh, I can I can't name them all. I'm mean, Otis. Yeah. But the other things we put in that we put put into the equation, and and uh, you know we had when we won the championship, we had Richard Dent, and who was phenomenal, mm -hmm. Dan Hampton. But you know Steve Steve was kind of the guy that was showed up every day in practice. He worked as hard as anybody could possibly work, and he showed up on Sunday and he played. And he played. He was the guy that did all like the dirty work. Yeah. You know, he didn't get all the credit. He, you know, but he played really good football. We wouldn't have been a we wouldn't have been a Super Bowl champion without Steve McMichael. And I'm not saying it because I like Steve. I'm saying it because it's a fact. It's such a right. All of those people were important to us. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when you look at uh, that defense uh, that Buddy had in 1985, that that, that was pretty special. And it was special because of him. I mean, he was a coach of that defense, not me. Right. He coached that defense. He got him to play the way he wanted him to play. You couldn't play. You can't play the defense that we played in 85 today. Right. Because formation-wise, they'd kill you because they right. spread you out. But his whole idea was attack. Mm -hmm. And if you could get more people than they could block, that's what he was right. Gonna, he was going to bring them to you, found a way to block them. If you couldn't block them, that quarterback's going to be a sore. That's right. You could have the fastest yeah. wide receiver on earth, yeah. but if he's only got two and a half yeah. seconds to the ball. Yeah. He's only five yards down the field when exactly. the guy's going exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. Not very effective. And that was Buddy's philosophy, and, that, and that's what, what, why it worked. Yeah. It, was, you know, it was a come here, not, you know, not a come here, it was a sick him. That's what he believed. Right. Yeah, I like that. It wasn't a come here, it was a sick him. I like that. Well, we couldn't talk about... Um, all the good, the potential good from coaching and sports in general without talking about uh, the guy that the NFL's man of the year is now named after, uh, Walter Payton. I know you love Walter. He's been my favorite player forever. I'm not sure there's many people who don't. What was so special about well, him? Well, I'll tell you what. I was coaching with the Dallas Cowboys when uh, we played the we played the, uh, the Bears one year in, a, in the playoffs mm -hmm. uh, when I was coaching there. And it was... Uh, 
I was going to say about, must have been about 1980. I came with the Bears in 85, right? Mm -hmm. No, we won in 85. I came with the Bears in 82. It must have been about 1979. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked for Coach Landry, so I had to look at the film. And so I'm studying film, and I'm, I'm watching this guy, number 34. And uh, I finally went into Coach Landry and I said, Coach, uh, have you watched any of this film? He said, well, no, what are you talking about? I said, watch this guy, 34. And uh, so, <laughs> well, you know, he knew and he knew about him, but he didn't know he was that good. Uh, he was unbelievable. And, and it wasn't a great Bears team at that time. Right, He, he, right. he was the team. Uh, I think, you know, when I, when I got the Bears, uh, he, him and Matt Suey were the, the running game. Mm -hmm. And we were going to run the ball because yeah. we had a good offensive line. That was important that we run the ball and keep our defense off the field. That's why the stat you talked about, we led the league in time of possession, things mm -hmm. like that. But, uh, you know, Walter Peden's come along once in a lifetime. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe once in 100 years. I mean, first of all, as good as he was on the field, he was better off the field. Yeah. With people, generosity, great heart, never say no. I mean, he did so much to uh, help young people, uh, encourage them, and, and help them develop. But uh, I, you know, and I'm saying that because he's not here. If he was here, I'd tell him to his face. Yeah. I think as a role model, uh, it would be hard to find one any better. Right. I, I mean, that is uh, that's sort of the story. I mean, and, I, and what I love, I mean, Peyton's Hill. The mythology behind him and his work ethic and the chip. Well, you know, when we when we practice now, and you know, and, and yeah. we practice a pretty good tempo. Right. And our right. defense was pretty full of themselves. So they would uh, they would try to bring it to us. Uh, right. They never brought it to that guy. That for sure. No. <laughs> no. He just stood up. He he knocked him right on their ass. I love it. And kept in, in some and kept in good spirits about it. I heard you guys had kind of a back and forth, playful, practical joking sort of. Well, he did a lot of things. Yeah. He was a, he was the biggest practical joker in the world. Was he? You know, he used to. I used to be in the office working late. I get these strange phone calls, and it was you know, it was, it was a sound like a female, but you know, it was it was, it was a female. It was a really not a good one, but anyway. And I didn't know. I mean, I could get him and this and that, you know. So I finally found out one that was out on the practice on, on the practice field, like just watching practice. And a voice came up behind me and said, "Coach Ditka, will you meet me?" He's Walter. He was. He, he had been oh, calling me. <laughs> will you meet me at such and such? And will you, he called me. And, I know. I might have thought about it, you know, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't do it. No. I mean, no. I mean, what the heck's going on? But he was uh, it, he was the greatest practical joker in the world. Yeah. But I think that's good. It kept yeah. us loose. I mean, we were a loose football team. That's why we were a good football team. Absolutely. We we have a concept we always talk about called serious fun, and that's essentially understanding when you know you need the balance. Turn you can't be all one yeah. speed, but yeah. it's got to be. Uh, balance is super exactly. clean. There's certainly no question that you guys got after it when it was time to get after it. That well, that's hard, hard today for the players because they're in between playing, they're just counting their money. Yeah. It's a little different. We didn't we have any money to count. The Well, this is, a, this is a perfect full circle, actually. We don't have a lot of money to count. I Why one does something, you mentioned, you keep mentioning, you know, the drive that one has to go do something. When the drive changes, when the, when the whatever the light at the end of the tunnel changes, when it becomes money instead of competition, money instead of love of the game, it certainly does affect it. What was the main thing that kept you going as a player? What made you play with that kind of motor? Pride. Yeah. I think pride. You don't want to get beat by the other guy ever. I don't care who he was. 
if it was Ray Nitschke, if, if he was the toughest linebacker in football, we didn't want to get beat by him, period. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think uh, the will to win is something we had. The will to play, initially you have to have that, but the will to win. It, it never became about, it wasn't an individual thing with us. I can honestly say back when, when we won, it wasn't, a, it was a team thing. And I you know, never, yeah, I was expected to catch the ball was throwing them in. And the other guy was expected to run with it, was handed to him. But it was a really a team thing. And, yeah. and I go back to the championship in 63. It was a great team thing. And as good as our defense was in 85, and it was great, uh, we were a team. We were a good team. Yeah. Yeah, there's no question. Where do you think that exists? Do you think that exists still in the NFL, or where yeah. do you think it exists? It's up to New England. Oh, okay. Yeah. Take Good a point. trip up there. <laughs> Good point. You want to see it work? It works up in New England. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you understand you have greatness at the quarterback position and maybe a couple other positions, but it's a team. And they play well as a team because they are a team. And, uh, you, know, you know, you know, the offensive line doesn't get a lot of credit, but they do a great job. Yeah. Defense really doesn't get that much credit at all, and they're outstanding, because mm -hmm. they're very, they're not up and down, you know, they're consistent, yes. and, and that's what we want, that's what you want in a football game. Yeah. So when I look at them, I look at them, but Bill's done up there is terrific, with the, what they've done as ownership and as an organization is great. Absolutely, guys taking pay cuts, being yeah. willing to move around right, the way exactly. to get the best teammates around them. Yeah, there's no question. I was hoping you'd say high school football so that we could say, fine, we've got the perfect opportunity for you to come coach tight ends at our high school. It was going to be a joke, don't worry. Uh, but um, but I love that idea. By the way, that job offer is open whenever you want it. Um, I guess do, my, do you have tight ends? We do. We no, play no, tight no, 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 come on now. They're all spread out. They're out there kind coach, of catching balls. And you're on tight we ends. have a formation. You can tell me if I'm... We have an ace formation where we play double tight, old school football, yeah. true fullback, two tight ends. Um, and that is old school. Yeah, yeah. we will, really we will run the ball. But and, and the truth is, with with tight ends who have truthfully been built in your mold, who can block and and run, who can go catch the football, um, that becomes a really dif difficult defense to defend if you well, have two yeah, pass catchers you know, slash run blockers. Because nobody ever threw the tight end. I mean, he was just another right. guy beside the tackle who mm -hmm. blocked. Right, and then. Uh, Night and I came in the league, and John Mackey came in the league. Mm -hmm. and it was a whole different thing. Mackey was unbelievable, you know. He's yeah, long gone, but he was uh, man. You talk about. It. I played against him at Syracuse, so I knew how good he was. Oh yeah, so yeah. I played a kid, and we played him. Uh, uh, I was a year ahead of him, so we played him two, the two or three years I was there. That's amazing. I guess so. Um, one of our final questions would be this: of the incredible experiences you've had you know, as a player and a coach. Which of those, um, what call it qualities or experiences, have been able to transfer more over to your professional life, maybe even to relationship life? The things that you learned from football and were able to take into the rest of. I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think you got to separate sports and, 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 and the other That's other fair. part of yeah. my life. I, I never. Uh, it, it, this puts this way: that sports was a great stepping stone. Mm -hmm. So where I did with my life after that, that's up to me, you know. Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're not old, Dad, yeah. you're not sure. going to have that forever. When, when it's turned off, what are you going to do? Right. When, when they stop applauding you, what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. You're going to wait for more applause? What's well, not going to come? Right. So you got to go out and do something different. I think that's probably what I'm happiest about. That uh, I, I did go out, go out and did some things that were different, and, and uh, it's really helped me through life. Yeah, no, I believe that. And to me, it sounds like whatever that level of personal accountability was, that is one of the things that's maintained. Right. You show yeah, up. You, you better get be the work true to done. yourself. If you're not, you're going to be a mess. 
Absolutely. That's fair. Be true to yourself. That's the only way. So this is what we like to call our lightning round. Just some, some quick questions right. to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, number one, what was the first concert you ever went to? The what? First concert you ever went to. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Uh, well, I don't, I don't think I ever went to one in high school or college. I really don't. I mean, uh, the first one I went to, I did go to see Presley, Elvis, and um, but I, that was pretty old then, so I probably was one before that. But uh, I don't know. I wasn't a big concert guy. No. No. How about the first album you ever bought? First album? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know that I bought it, but I but I, I used to listen to all the fifties music, you know. And so I, I still listen to it in the car, but I, I kind of changed from the 50s now. I, I went to, because uh, I've spent so much time in Dallas, I went to all the country and western, which I really enjoy. Uh, so, you know, I, but I would say the album probably, I don't know, that's Domino, probably something that's like that. Yeah. What advice would you give to a future leader about to embark on a similar journey that you have in your career? Well, if it's worth doing, do it the best you can. Be the best you can. You know, you're gonna, you, you can't sit back and listen to all the criticism that's gonna come your way. It's gonna come. There's a lot of non-believers, a lot of people are gonna say, well, this is gonna point to it. If you believe it, you set your course and you go your course. Now, you might take a few arrows, you might take a few punches on the way, but if you, if you don't waver, you'll be surprised how far you'll get. And you'll be surprised not only how far you'll get, how much, how many heads you'll turn on your way going there. I, to me, I think that's important. I think people who, who, who aren't themselves, who try to be somebody else just for the sake of our society or to be accepted, are full of crap. That's fair. And that's crap? Pr- you can say Do crap. I say crap? Coach, I, crap. the more you say crap, the better. Uh, I think that's a perfect place to probably end because there's not many people who are uh, more genuinely themselves and more authentically themselves. Uh, than you, and I think there's no question that's been the driver to your success. So thanks for being with us. You bet. This week's episode is brought to you by Remind Recover. Remind Recover is a supplement that helps athletes support brain health. Similar to how you drink a protein shake to help your muscles recover after a workout, Remind Recover has been scientifically formulated to give you the nutritional building blocks to help support healthy brain function. I am a huge fan of Remind Recover. It is as close to the science as any supplement I've seen, and feel free to check out their website for more. It's remindrecover.com. And when you go there, if you want to place an order, and I recommend it, use the code GOODATHLETE for a discount on checkout.